0: Welcome back to Rapture. This is our <laughs> side quest for BARF for the month of February 2019. We are talking about Bioshock 2, plus the Minerva's Den DLC. I am Chad Michael Ennis, host of Respawn Fire, the Kickass ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast. Across the country, we have Holden in Rhode Island. Say hello, Holden. Hello. And then in the central time zone somewhere, we have Ryan. Say hi, Ryan.
1: Hello, everybody. How you doing, gentlemen?
0: We are doing... Doing Well, I can speak for myself. I'll speak for Holden, too. I am his uh, power of attorney. We're both great.
2: (laughs) I also just said that, but thanks for reading my mind.
0: It's okay. I was talking louder, and I have full control over editing, and I can make you sound like nothing, so. (laughs) 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 You guys might know Ryan from every episode since we reached out to (laughs) Kind of Funny (laughs) as the contributor of Ryan's... Subscriber interrogatives, which actually, now that I think of it, kind of sounds like Fontaine Futuristics or Sinclair Solutions, <laughs> Ryan subscriber interrogatives. Hey, it would have, been, uh, would have worked it a little
1: better if you used the silo sword, you know? Uh, you have the SS, the Fontaine Futuristics. Yo, yeah, S- yeah. All
0: right, all right. Silo- <laughs> it's a little long. We're open to Silo sword subscriber. That's a mouthful. That's silo a mouthful. Sword subscriber interrogatives. Silo- Say that three times. Everyone on the count of three, say it three times fast. One, two, three. Silosaurus subscriber interrogatives. Right? Right? Yeah, that's really hard. <laughs> couldn't even finish nope. it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, oh, that not going to happen. Not finishing it. No. If <laughs>
0: you're not at not home, much. I want you to try it right now. Three, two, one, go. Oh, man, you guys fucked up bad. I heard it. <laughs> 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 but we're not here to talk about Silosaurus subscriber interrogatives today because this is a side quest. So we're just going to have a short... And by that, I mean, usually it's like 20 to 40 minutes conversation about Bioshock 2, our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game, where we go back and play games that we should have played long ago, games that we feel guilty about, classic games or games that we just want the other people to play.
2: I'm also just very excited to hear Ryan's opinion, because Ryan just told us earlier, he's never played Bioshock 1. And I yeah. think people have played both. Well, that's, that's interesting. That's a very interesting perspective to have. Yeah, we'll so I want
0: to give some context. I'm curious. Yeah to I've, I've gathered some facts about bioshock 2 it was released february 9th 2010 this was three years after the original bioshock it was not developed by the original studio the original studio was 2k boston formerly irrational games uh, you might know irrational from ken Levine. this one was developed by 2k marin some of the original crew did actually end up moving over to help work on it but um <clears throat> this was surprising to me Based on um, what I perceived as the general consensus for Bioshock 2, which was that it was kind of like the, oh, that one's not as good. If you're going to play the trilogy and you want to skip one, that's the one to skip. That's what I believed to be the general consensus. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. felt that way going
2: into it. I had had heard it's Bioshock Mm -hmm.
0: 1.5. This surprised me to see that it has an 88% on Metacritic. Yeah. It has a 9.1 from IGN. It has a uh, 100 on GamesRadar. And everywhere, pretty much, is saying that it is improving on every aspect of gameplay, story, and everything from Bioshock 1, which is pretty cool. But there are definitely some criticisms we can talk about. Uh, one quote I wanted to read was deleted from my notes so we're not going to read it anymore (laughs) but i also wanted to mention that um, confidential information yeah i think part of what was um part of what was viewed maybe negatively about this game was the multiplayer this was at peak time when everything was getting multiplayer shoehorned into it uh from uncharted to last of us to bioshock to everything that shouldn't have had multiplayer suddenly now had multiplayer um But that's just a little setup of context I wanted to give. Ryan's never played Bioshock. This was his first time playing through both of these. I've played all the Bioshocks, but this was my first time playing Minerva's Den. Holden, you've played Bioshock 1, but not 2 or Minerva's Den. So we have three kind of different areas that we're coming from. Mm -hmm. I want to hear Ryan's perspective first. Like a top-level overview, what did you think of Bioshock 2?
1: Okay. So I really had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, you know, I heard great things about the game in general. Um, I was expecting this to be a scary game. And so I played Mm -hmm. for the first two hours, the first night I played it and I was waiting for that first jump scare and it just never (laughs) came. And I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, it's got these creepy little girls that I knew about. You know, you've seen the little memes of them and everything. And I'm like, Hey, where's the jump scare? And I'm sitting there going, man, I'm two hours into this thing. It's got to be coming. Stop playing. And I sat up there for a minute. And I'm like, okay, I need to reassess this game entirely. And so then I kind of found out that it's more just you know that's that story driven shooter where it's just there's something constantly going on. There's no real cutscenes, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, and I was expecting more of it though.
0: When you say expecting more, what kind of... uh, More content, more story, more...
1: More depth in the story. It was very predictable. Mm -hmm. Now, that was kind of disappointing in the end.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: And the controls. Hold on, what was your
0: kind
2: of... I kind of of agree with the story aspect. Um, Bioshock 1 had a lot of interesting kind of turns throughout the story. There's that famous, would you kindly twist... And this just kind of felt the same throughout. Like, oh, the character motivations, people who are saying they might not be, you know, they, their intentions might not be what you think they are. And there's kind of hints that maybe that's the case. And I kind of found at the end, oh, no, it, it kind of just seems like everyone's intentions were exactly what they seemed like at the very beginning of the game, yeah. which is is fine for most games. But for a Bioshock game, I expected more. I expected those kind of twists mm-hmm. and turns of the story. Ultimately, the first level matters in the story. The last level matters in the story and then every other level is just kind of cool context and cool things you're experiencing but not necessarily contributing to a greater narrative they're just kind of individual moments in the game i kind of feel
0: right so the game is split up uh and and told differently from the other games whereas this one is very very linear linear um Mm -hmm. you go from one section to another there's no going back and each section that you visit you have a particular character, non-splicer character, that you are um, kind of figuring out their motivations, why they may want to do you harm, and then at the end of that level, you decide... Oh, by the way, yeah, obviously full spoilers for all of this stuff. You may want to make them uh, pay for what they've done, and you can kill them, or you can choose to spare them and possibly get some kind of gift or change the ending of the game a little bit. Um, Versus Bioshock 1, which was all splicers almost... The only human interaction really you get is through the radio. And it is kind of almost like an open world of rapture where you can go back and visit anything at any time. You can't do anything pretty much in any order. But um, there is the Metroidvania aspect of like, oh, there's a frozen door. I'm going to come back a lot later whenever I have fire to melt that ice. So I feel like in that, there there was a lot of missed opportunity with story. I do feel like that it wasn't a bad story, but it was just kind of no, average. It yeah. And it's hard to recreate that would you kindly... Like everyone, you're right. You go into it expecting yeah. the narrative from Bioshock having such a str- uh, strong twist and a, a cool mm-hmm. premise. And then you're just like, all right, when's the twist coming? When's the twist coming?
1: And then credits roll. is what roll. we'll get into a little bit later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then credits roll. <laughs> so we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about Minerva's Den. But mm-hmm. I feel like, aside from story... Every single thing about this game was an improvement over the original. I feel like...
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. The combat especially.
0: Combat was so much more fluid with the ability... In Bioshock 1, you only have either your plasmid out or a weapon, and you have to switch between the two. Versus Bioshock 2, where you actually have both out at any given time. So I think that made for a lot of really uh, easy opportunities for combos, like freezing and shattering an enemy or uh electrifying i would spam electric i would i would
2: electrify big daddies while i was reloading that saved me so many times
1: oh
0: yeah yep i also feel like uh the added gameplay element of gathering added almost like a tower defense type thing to protecting your little sister yes Mm. thinking ahead of time like all right i can see all of the different openings to this room i'm gonna set traps I'm going to position myself. Oh, I'd put way.
2: a mini turret right next to the little sister every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Mini turrets. I do the trap rivets. I would do yep. uh, the proximity mines. Uh, so yeah, I think every single aspect. The plasmids were cooler. The fact that you could upgrade lightning oh, to yeah. have chain lightning, or the ability to just spray a continuous freeze, or uh, with Minerva's Den having gravity well, I think that was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah,
1: gravity well was pretty awesome. Did, did, did the first well. one have yeah. uh, uh, like environmental effects? Like when you, if a, if a, big, if any enemy was sitting in a pool of water and you electrocuted him, it spread to oh, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Okay, I thought that was awesome. Yep. That was that was one of the the big things that I really enjoyed about the game is in it, actually they, seeing where you were and what you could use to your advantage. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh like, yeah, oh, you see puddles of oil on the ground and you're like, oh, I could light that on fire. <laughs> <Yep>. And
2: <clears throat> I think they took it a step further in Minerva's Den, or maybe I should find this in uh, and the main game at all, but there was a, what are they? Not the plasmids, but the gin tonics, um, tonics, right. The tonic where you could, when you're underneath water falling on you, it'll recharge your health and I your, saw that.
0: there was that one in Eve. the main game too. Was, okay. I as oh, missed you're it. Standing missed in water. Yeah. You as you're standing.
2: Help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I that missed was it. If you took and enough to photos, den. that was great to have.
0: Yeah. That was, if you took enough photos, it was a fountain of youth. It was the end of one of the, the, um, mm-hmm. uh, video challenge. Is that the, re- so got is that the, the recorder? Okay. The particular
1: enemy. The little like research thing.
0: Uh, yeah, the the camera. Okay. So you start the camera, you research, and then if you research one of the enemies enough,
1: you get Fountain of okay, Youth. Okay, never used that thing.
2: Was Fountain of Was found of Youth in? I never used the recorder either. <laughs> like never. I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm too busy <laughs> in combat. I'm not going to take a picture right now. <laughs> Are you kidding not. me?
0: <laughs> you just but, always um, have the camera ready to go, and as soon as you see an enemy, boom, hit it, and it will switch automatically to your weapon. So you're just like getting the bonuses. Was the Fountain of Youth in the original game at all? No. Okay, I didn't think so either. Okay. Because
2: I liked that. That was a nice addition. When I found it a Nervous Dead. I'm like, where was this? I could have used this when I had no health <laughs> packs and no Evo. Or no Eve. I keep calling it Evo. That's wrong. You called it's, it wrong. wrong. <laughs> I called it wrong. I did it bad. Uh,
0: so I want to talk about the difficulty of the game. What mm-hmm. difficulty did you guys play on and did you find it challenging enough? Because I played on normal and I mm-hmm. felt like it was way too easy. I was constantly full of, I don't want to brag, but I was constantly full on health kits all the time. I was just like healing a tiny bit of health just so I could pick up whatever health kit I found on the ground. And I was always, always had a full thing of Eve. No, I was, I was but dead. But it looks like that was not I was that dead easy. a lot. Me, you know? Yeah. And I don't
1: know, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I'm used to, you know, faster paced first person shooters to so where I can maneuver myself. And when you're yeah. a d- <laughs> big daddy, you know, clumbering around, uh, I just I couldn't move. I couldn't I, I couldn't maneuver myself, and so I'd get into tight situations where I would just be dead. And uh, there's especially when the big sisters came, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh my, oh, God. terrifying. So yeah, no.
2: When I every time I find a big sister, I'm like, this is so hard to be the big sister without dying. There must be a trophy for doing it without dying because it's <laughs> that hard. And then, um, but at, towards the beginning of the game, I was I was having a harder time because I. I wasn't using my plasmids and weapons yeah. to in cahoots enough, and I yeah. found that the more I used them together, the better I did. And then I was ending up in situations where I had um, five health packs and five Eve um, um, cartridges, and I had tons of ammo, and that would I would do better the more I use my plasmids strategically. Yeah. But then yeah. sometimes you just kind of get into that I'm playing a first person shooter, so I'm just going to shoot everything, and you, I just kind of. To my own fault, no fault of the game, yeah. I would just not use the plasmas for some reason. Yeah, well, that is exactly the heart.
0: thing about this game. Uh, it is not a first-person shooter. If no. you treat this yeah. game like a first-person shooter, you will die a lot. Yeah, especially when this you don't know how to a... aim
1: down sights. I don't know if you guys knew that, but the, the right analog—I yeah. play on a console, and I don't know what you guys are played on. I played on Xbox. Um, but the right joystick down was scope, mm-hmm. and I didn't find that out until maybe my fifth hour into the game.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
2: Yeah. I used my one of my most used weapons was the um uh, what is it the spear gun oh yeah and oh really you can I use that almost never <laughs> all the yeah, time yeah. it's the best dude you just what you do you you electrocute someone and then headshot him with that instant kill immediately
0: can I tell you what I did yeah I about I so I was going like the electrocute with one hand and then yeah. I would just like shoot him in the head with whatever gun I had or like machine gun him to death but about halfway through the game. I discovered the freeze them. Yeah. And then I found out how much I love the drill. Because <laughs> you freeze them and then drill dash, where you hold down the drill button yeah. and then press the mm-hmm. circle and you jump across the level and almost every type of enemy, even a brute. By the end of the game, I was killing a brute sli- slicer in one drill dash from freeze, boom, dead in one hit. Really? Um, yeah. And yeah. not only that, but the drill dash was just so satisfying. Like I legit am ranking it up there with like the web swinging from Spider Man and the axe from God of War. Like drill Whoa. dashing into someone and just shattering them into one in one hit is so satisfying. It was the so for the last satisfying? half of the game. That became my my go to tool. Was the, in fact, I even started using the tonic that limits you only to the drill, but your weapons oh. cost a lot less. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I.
2: I used the spear and that got me to where I wasn't needing to use much ammo anymore. That's why I had so much ammo is because the spear, you can reuse the spears. Mm. You have to recollect them again. So sometimes if you miss, you have to go find it in the wall or something like that. But you can just never have to replenish the spears again or buy any more spears because you just recollect them again. Yep. And once I figured that out in the last like two missions, it just became a lot easier but I didn't – I never used the drill dash. Not once. I barely used the drill. Well, you had to use By it every, once for the story progression, but well, yeah. after that, um, yeah. Outside of that, and then I'm like, oh, wait, how do I do it again? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I'm going to just continue doing my
1: own thing. <laughs>
0: God, it was
1: so, so I didn't satisfying. I experiment enough. No. I, I, the gun that I used the most uh, was – it was at the end was the shotgun. You get it fully maxed out. And it becomes a Tesla. Yeah. And so I never had to use my uh, electric plasmid. I switched it over and I was using other things that I hadn't been using the entire game. And I had, you know, I had all this Atom. And I was like, well, I guess I can upgrade different things now that I don't have to use the shock one. And that was, that was uh, really uh, satisfying. Especially you get the, the solid slug and you shoot something mm-hmm. straight yep. in the head and it's just down. It didn't matter what it was. You got close enough. Solid slug. Oh, yeah. Gone.
2: Well, I remember using the solid-like shots against a big daddy being like, how much damage yeah. did that just
0: do against him?
2: <laughs> yeah. they're, they're powerful. Yes.
0: Did you guys um, – what was your take on the little sisters? Did you do the mini-games with, like, having to gather Adam from the bodies? Yeah. Did you sacrifice? Yes. Did you I rescue? did at least half of them
1: in each level. Yeah, I, I, me too. Half. And I, I, So I, this is the question I have to ask you, gentlemen. Did you so rescue or harvest them? Oh, rescue. I, so, you. I went in. No, you monster. (laughs) 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 So, let me give you a little bit of backstory. I have a daughter who is a year and a half. And the first time when it was like rescue or harvest, I was like, there's an option for that? No. <laughs> no. So I had to yep. rescue him. So, yeah, uh, no. I, I, my opinion of you, Chad, has forever changed. <laughs> well, I did a different no, ending. No, I did not harvest you, any of them. But you were, okay, you almost said you. I did not the way harvest you any wanted that, I thought you were about to say you harvested just <laughs> one of them. He did. He does his
2: backtracking now. He did harvest all of them. No, I didn't he harvest any of them. was
0: smiling and By laughing way, and enjoying like, every the moment story, of it. So, the story, if you harvest them, you are like. Literally ripping them open, grabbing the atom slug from their bellies, and
1: devouring it. Okay, like, you're not just didn't know that. Never did. Never them. saw
0: it. You're ripping them to pieces.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I never did that. I would be scared I, I would stop playing. I've literally never actually harvested <laughs> one,
0: but that's like the lore of how you like if you were to harvest them. That's what happens. Oh, I don't know if they show it or not, but yeah. that was the jump scare, Ryan. That
2: devouring a little girl. Oh, no, so I
0: went into the game. I went into the game just, like, I've got the platinum trophy in Bioshock 1, which included play the game without using Vita Chambers. Which is why you're so good at it
2: and didn't think this game was hard, by the way. I think that's what it is,
0: because I played it on the hardest difficulty without using Vita Chambers on Bioshock 1, and then I got to this, but I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just do normal difficulty, but also don't use Vita Chambers, and then I was like, but let me also take a look at that trophy list. (laughs) <laughs> so I saved all the, all the little girls, and I spared all of the NPCs because of the trophy. But uh, now my only trophy left is just playing on the hardest difficulty. So I'm definitely going to rerun through that. I'm a trophy whore.
1: So now, I admit. You're crazy, talking, about, talking about the NPCs that you have to save and kill. Yeah. I'm, so I'm curious. So what did you guys do for all three of them? So I saved them all for the trophy. I saved them all. So would you, now, now well, the last guy, what is considered saving now?
0: that's that's what's what's tricky the game considers not killing him as saving okay even though he in his lucid mind is saying don't let me be this monster please put me out of my misery i feel like ethically that would be the save
1: option that's what i did i i electrocuted him and i actually i was leaving that area and i could hear him talking and i was like oh wait there's still something going on here so i turned back around there's an audio diary you can find near there that says it's it's the actual
2: guy Gill saying whatever I say, don't do it, don't kill me. I'll beg and I'll plead, don't do it. Hmm. I thought so, I guess it, so. They tell you, but you have to have found that okay. audio diary. To, I thought the audio diaries were that. interesting
1: too because they told a big story, and if you missed yeah. one, you missed something <laughs> of the story. Yes, and I felt like I missed a lot of them. Me too. <laughs> I missed a lot of the story.
0: I got the uh, I got the trophy for that. <laughs> there are 125 <laughs> audio logs, and I got 110 <gasps> <crap>. of them. <laughs> so I got all That's the crazy. story. Whoa, whoa. It was so good. <laughs> this legit is is like I liked the games before, but playing them again for Barf, this is one of my top five favorite gaming franchises of all time. Mm-hmm. Easy. Much better than Zelda. God damn it. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't play that one with you
1: guys. (laughs) Uh,
2: I will um, say that in this game, though, um, even though everything in the gameplay outclassed Bioshock 1, because the story was so much better in Bioshock One, I still have warmer feelings about Bioshock One than than two. Even though the gameplay is better in every respect. Yeah. And like and I going back and thinking about it, it's like, oh, hacking, so much better in Bioshock Two. Right.
0: So oh my much gosh. better. The in was one, Ryan, a little bit. you had
2: it. these you had these like you had a tube that you had to connect the little tubes together to make it match to the end of this grid while water was filling inside the tube and if you missed it then you had to start over again it was stupid it was horrible this is way better It's you could do it on the fly the little like um color like matching the color to the needle moving back and forth that was great it was, I hacked everything it was, I loved it I, did, and I, did I hacked too.
1: every single health um Area I could find. Yeah, I did the same thing. Only problem is when I was trying to hack a health thing, and I just missed it barely, and I got in the red, and all of a sudden the target, the Uh, drones start coming at me. and I'm like, no, no, I need to hack this because I need to heal myself, and (laughs) and then I die. It's like, you kidding me, really? (laughs) Then, and he's like, ah. If you hack it really quickly before the drones get to you, they'll just and I and I found that out. But it was I just still missed it by a little bit, and the one or the rocket ones come and you're dead. Oh yeah,
0: you hack it. You call in the drones, and then you use your hack tool the to hack does. the drones. Yeah. Boom! Now you have allies. Yeah. Oh no!
2: Even better than that, you just use the security command plasmid and just throw it at enemies, <laughs> so they just start going towards the enemies Oh instead. yeah! If
0: you it, well, yeah, that's a good idea. Never use
1: that plasmid. Idea.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a good plasmid. It's. Really I plasmid. got
0: it, and I was like, uh, not interested. No. In fact, I think what were the plasmids you guys use most? We've talked about electricity a lot. I did the the ice one a lot. Was Hypnotize. Really Hypnotize. Mm. I remember using that a lot in Bioshock. World. I use
2: it on Big Daddies. I use so if there's an enemy full of uh, room full of splicers. I'll use it on the Big Daddy. That the Big daddy's attacking everybody, he'll clear them out. But then the splicers will also do damage to the Big Daddy, so I don't have to worry as much about the Big Daddy when I finally have to fight him. And I'm fighting him alone at this point because he's killed everybody. That's so it, it works very well if you get hypnotized.
1: Yeah, I, I used the uh, let shock and the fire, and that's really it. I didn't. I didn't see utility mm. much for the ones I upgraded i spent all my atom on upgrading those two so they were maxed out pretty quick and i just stuck with them
0: yeah one thing i did end up using towards the end was decoy i was Um, gonna say decoy seemed
2: the most useless i was literally just about to say that so i'm (laughs) curious how did you use it (laughs) so decoy
0: uh, at first you just put out another target and the enemies attack that instead of attacking you Mm -hmm. but as you upgrade it uh step two is it reflects damage back at them Step three oh, is okay. it reflects damage back at them while also healing you at the same time.
1: Oh, oh okay. So I'm like the, the, the
0: last like big battle with all of the brute splicers and alphas coming in, I just throw out a decoy and I'm just constantly getting healed as they attack it, and then I freeze them, drill dash, freeze them, drill dash. Decoy decoy goes away, throw another one out there.
1: Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I might have not died as much if I would have used a different tactic. I'm just saying, I literally <laughs> died zero
0: times. <laughs> So, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, so weapons holding you spear almost all the time. I used pretty mm-hmm. much the the drill for the last half of the game, but then before that, I did the machine gun. I didn't find the grenade launcher useful at all. I didn't feel like it was powerful.
2: No, Even I only used it. W- I used it at the, the point where you had the two big sisters, and I just spammed the, yeah. the rocket launcher on the mortar grenade launcher. I think.
0: Yeah. The one thing I did the. The drill took almost all of my fuel. That's another thing I liked about the drill, too, is that you could buy fuel anywhere. Um, but it used almost all of my fuel for a big sister, so I would have to... A lot of times I use armor-piercing ammo on the machine gun for them mm-hmm. instead. Or heavy rivets.
1: Heavy you know, rivets were fun. I liked the rivet gun. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. God, it felt so... Pri- going into the beginning of the game, I even think maybe, Holden, you and I talked about this, and you're like, I just don't feel powerful yet as a big daddy. Yeah, And I was like, by the end of the game, I was like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> Boom, you're dead. <laughs> Boom, you're dead. Boom, you're dead. I started
2: doing it stealthily, so I never really felt the power because I was being more stealthy, and I still felt terrified all the time. You felt strong because you played on hard difficulty Bioshock 1 <laughs> without using budget <mighty> chambers. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt strong. easy. But I felt stronger.
0: I think, uh, p- transitioning now to a little bit of the gameplay and, and story part, I think one of my favorite things... <clears throat> from this game was the moment where you get to actually play as a little sister and you see the world as they see it and I think it's so cool to be able to see that they're brainwashed and where you see a dead body laying on the ground a pool of blood she sees oh an angel and you actually literally see that she's seeing an angel yeah, and mm-hmm. that she's brainwashed to see everything as curtains and pillows and couches and everyone's having a great time and that's why she's like going through this and she's not scared and she's not stabbing this thing and taking the atom from it she's oh there's an angel i'm gonna take its atom daddy i thought that was really dope to be able to see that from her point of view
1: yeah i know that was interesting especially the the colors i don't know if you i'm big on seeing colors in games and they mean a lot of things but it was all gold and two it was like it was a golden Mm -hmm. hue and the the curtains were red so you're just like mm-hmm. you just kind of got this very like elegant feel to it almost and it's like you said it's just a brainwash like they did they had no idea and then when you were starting to suck the atom out is when it shifted and you could see the real world or when you were pick- was it that or when you were picking up the uh, the, the pieces for the big sister the big sister suits. that's what it was yeah and you could see yeah. what you were actually like, with the, and you're like oh that's not what okay like that's, there's a dead body just chilling <laughs> right there in a, in a laundry hamper yep <laughs>
0: This game, again, uh, just like Bioshock 1, was brilliant with the... Especially if you listen to the audio logs, but brilliant with the environmental storytelling. There are mm-hmm. so many things. Oh, yeah. like, um, You could see the bodies of all of the alphas who had committed suicide because they'd been separated from their little sisters and they drove themselves crazy and just finally just killed themselves to end it. You could see them just littering the ground in the cells downstairs. Uh, one of my favorite things was also... One of the audio logs from Gil, I believe it was, was talking about how they tasked him to figure out how to make the little sisters not feel pain. And so they developed this pain inhibitor. But when they gave it to him, the little sisters started chewing their tongues off out of it. Because it was like, Didn't oh, get this was a cool, chewy thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like the shit that they went through to these little orphan girls to turn them into little sisters. But one of my favorite pieces of environmental storytelling doesn't have anything to do with an audio diary or anything. It's just something you come across in, um, I forget which, which level it was, but there's a room with a guy in it and he's behind a locked door and you're in a room just on the other side of him. It's a small room with a window looking in on him and there's a button and if you push the button, he gets electrocuted and if you push him again, push it again, he gets electrocuted and you push it a third time and he dies. I was like, Oh fuck. I kind of feel bad. (laughs) And then you go into his room and you see that he also had a button and that he had killed the guy on the other side of the glass. So he was already a douchebag. And you're like, oh, now I don't feel so bad about (laughs) killing him because he fucking murdered the guy who was standing in the room that I was standing in. So it's like they were running those types of experiments on people. and like.
2: But you never died in the game once, so you should feel like an asshole. That's right. That's yeah, right. you never...
1: did I once? No karma. Did you guys find I the, saved a ton, though. <laughs> did you guys find the cats? Uh, dead cats laying around?
0: Yes, Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat, I thought yes. that was so funny. Uh, yes, I loved
1: that. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I missed that completely. I found more. Where was this? There, uh, that one was when you first get your uh, the firepower uh, plasmid, mm-hmm. and you burn something, and you, there was a bunch of like uh, rivets and stuff, and then behind it, there was a cat. And if you just looked at it, it said Schrodinger. And they so all the oh, cats were made, yep. and I found like three of them. And I don't remember what the other two's names were, because Schrodinger's cat was the one that just always was the first one that it came to my mind, and I thought that was awesome. Yep.
0: <laughs> as long as it's in that pile of ice, it could have been dead, could have been alive, you don't know. You but know. As soon as you melt it, well, fuck, now we know it's dead. Yeah,
1: We well, don't know, <laughs> it was standing up, so it could have been alive, it just didn't move.
0: I don't know, I hit it a lot with <laughs> my drill, and it didn't move. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's a lot of enemies I killed them they still remain standing up so you know it might just be a thing in rapture that just happens
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I want to talk next about Minerva's Den this was my real like reason why I chose this because I'd played Bioshock 2 but I hadn't played Minerva's Den Minerva's Den is a piece of DLC it's like four ish hours long depending on how fast or slow you go through it
2: it was like two and a half for me but I also have a story there
0: (laughs) yeah i replayed
2: Um, some of it again
0: (laughs) this is a piece of dlc that is often called one of the best pieces of dlc of all time there are multiple like there's a Kotaku article called the 10 best game expansions this is on it there's a game rant article called best video game dlc this is on it there's a a video from Kotaku. this is six years later minerva's den remains the best bioshock thing there are all sorts of things about this piece of dlc that is like this is what DLC should be. This is the pinnacle of DLC. Um, My favorite thing about it and why I think that I do agree with all of those things is that it takes everything about Bioshock from waking up with no powers to the end of it being super powerful and having a great story and a twist even at the end of it. And it it condenses it into this micro experience where you are constantly progressing at Uh, Really fast clip, gaining items, gaining weapons, solving puzzles really quickly. And then it's one really fast, condensed, complete package. And it was so good. There was no wasted time. And it told a nice personal story that was, uh, you know, after the big scale of the last two games, it's nice to see like this one small condensed story of CM Porter and him trying to get his wife trying to recreate his wife with artificial intelligence and then uh doesn't surprise me that this piece of dlc was made by fulbright games which is steve gainer's studio who made gone home so it kind of makes sense why uh this has a little bit better storytelling than we saw in bioshock 2 in my personal opinion i, but, I
2: definitely agree with that yeah yeah this um, has definitely yes. better yes
0: i also Holden, care about the characters a lot more exactly yes. yeah we care about yeah. the characters and i think that was what really shined through this one so, hold You said you had a story behind this one.
2: Yeah. So, I just wanted to just point this out that I had two significant crashes during the game. Minerva's Den specifically, and they just really irritated me. I got it's a three hour experience. I finished it about two and a half hours. But that's just because I played the first hour twice. When I finished the first hour, it crashed, and found out there's no autosave at all. So, I had to replay everything. All over again, which was really obnoxious. And I actually disagree with a good part of it. Uh, that uh, that you're Claiming a good part of it is that it's condensing everything. I actually yeah. hated that it condensed everything. Really? Because I just played Bioshock 2. I if I, if you were gonna have this like uh really quick experience and give me new abilities really fast, it's not exciting if there are abilities I already had. Gravity Well was great mm-hmm. because It's really the only thing that I did not get in Bioshock 2. It felt like, cool, so you just played Bioshock 2. We're taking all that stuff away from you. Don't worry, you'll get it all back again. It's like, but I just played the whole game to get all that stuff. It's different when it's like Metroid Prime 2 take all your stuff away because i didn't just play metroid prime one to continue on prime two they're separate games separate experiences yeah. this is an expansion of bioshock 2 and it doesn't feel like an expansion it just feels like an abridged version with a better story so it's like it outclasses bioshock 2 it, um, in storytelling and then because the gameplay is the same yeah of course it's a great dlc pack because the gameplay is the same has the same powers and its story is better i don't know like it didn't didn't stick out to me as much as i was expecting it was great. Yeah. I have no qualms with it. Like, it's still minus the crashing. That was a big deal. <laughs> uh, it happened twice. Mm-hmm. But um, I was literally saving after every single battle. Because I'm like, I will not, I will finish this. I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to have to replay anything again. Um, But yeah, I, it just, it, it was too much of the same for me to really enjoy. And especially Gravity Well comes in, in the first hour, and then the remaining two-thirds of it is identical to what I just played in Bioshock, too. Yeah. Just, again, with a better story. Yeah.
0: I think to put some things in perspective, this did come out several months after Bioshock 2 did originally, so you would have had a lot of yeah. downtime between the two. And like, oh, this is great to revisit. But I think you're sure. right. Yeah. I, when I was playing this, I kind of came away thinking <clears> – <throat> I can't think of another way to, right now to say this, but I don't want it to be as pejorative as it's going to sound. Like the mobile version of Bioshock 2? <laughs> where it's not the full game You're right. Experience. That didn't sound bad at all. That, I know, sound that sounds really all. terrible. But what I mean is that it is like, how do we take Bioshock 2, this big epic 12 to 15 hour experience, mm-hmm. and how do we streamline it to make something that is so like uniquely Bioshock, but in a small yeah. package that mm-hmm. you can take on the go on your phone? Blah, blah. But anyway, um, that's what I felt this was. It was I like, mean,
2: Bioshock was Bioshock on the phone. Remember that?
0: <laughs> You're right. And that was a terrible port.
1: <laughs> they took it off. They removed it. Yep. <laughs>
0: ryan what are your thoughts on my nervous den
1: so so i'm an engineer that's that's what i do for a living um and so when the first part i was like oh the thinker it's this super computer i'm like oh i'm all in and i even went to the, yeah. i went to work the next day and i told my coworker, i'm like dude you need to if you haven't played *Minecraft's* Den, you need to play it because this is like our thing it's it's in the super intelligence super computer Oh, uh, it's just i was like just from that i was already all in and I'm going through the story, and this one, I found a lot of the audio logs, actually. And I explored a little bit more mm-hmm. on in Minerva's Den than I did in the real game. And so I found more of those audio logs, and I got more of that backstory. And I don't know if you guys were expecting it, but I was not expecting the twist of when you finish it. I was you, not. You put, the, you put mm-hmm. the encoder in, and it pulls up, and it's like, oh, here, you know, Big Daddy Sigma, uh, alternate identity, CM Porter. And you're like, wait, no. And I like I remember just <laughs> sitting back in my chair, just like, wow. I was like, that was that was well done, because y- yep. y- And then you like, and then if you listen to the audio logs, you realize how it was done is that he was trying to get the thinker to be like Pearl, and who was his, who was his wife, which I I guess was dead, uh, but you know, you learn that at the very very end. But uh, I was like, and so the computer instead of using Pearl, it was using Porter, like it was using him. And it was replica. I was like, wow, that was, that was well played.
0: Yeah. This is where I think it also comes back and people are like, oh, it had a better story than Bioshock 2 because it does, it does. have <laughs> that great twist at the end. Yes.
2: Yeah. And that's what I wanted for the Bioshock 2 story. So it's like, oh, the DLC did the story better. A combination of Minerva's Den being a full – if Minerva's Den was a full game, it would have been the perfect Bioshock game thus far. Yeah. At least, yeah. Of the two that I've played.
0: I think, it's, I think it comes down – I think you're right. It comes down to the characters. You care about the characters, yep. and they're really interesting. I just like Gil Alexander and uh, Grace – what's her name? And Stanley Gill, I just, or whatever his name was. I, d- I didn't Stanley care. Poole. I, yeah. that's it, Stanley Poole. Stanley Poole. Like, I didn't give two shits about him. No. But yeah. if you think back to Bioshock 1 and you think of Andrew Ryan and you think of Fontaine and you think of Sander Cohen – who takes all of these people and turns them into art and fucking like, those are the types of things that you remember about these games are the characters and how unique and fucked up they are. Yeah, But I think that's what was missing from Bioshock too.
2: I also think just the idea of the thinker in general as, I mean, I guess so. Who was the guy's name? Um, the engineer that's, that took over the project wall. away wall. from wall. Yeah. um, Wall I think would have been a much more interesting long term antagonist than Sophia Lamb was. Yeah. yeah. Sophia Lamb just was v- vague person that I'm supposed to not like. Whereas Wall had a dynamic with with um ah, what was his name? CM Porter? Mm-hmm. Porter, yeah had a relationship with CM Porter that was interesting. And there's a dynamic there and they were talking about each other. And I didn't really get that with Sophia Lam. I just kind of felt like people were talking about her, not because they had relations with her, but just because, well, she's a big person in the game. Mm. People have to have an opinion about her. There's no personal connection. Or thought there's a personal connection with the characters of nervous dead. Yeah. And it, it was also dragged off across three chapters. Whereas in Bioshock two, it's like each Stanley pool is one chapter of that game. Yeah. And that's kind of all you really get of him.
1: Yeah. And I still don't know why I yeah. didn't like Stanley Pool. Um, it came down to that where the, she opened the gate, and it's like you can kill him or not. And I'm like, I don't even know what you did. Like I don't know who you are. <laughs> so I, I, I like looking back and like, and when I I kind of like was reading about the games to, to see if I miss anything important, and I was like, oh, so he was the guy who turned Eleanor into a little sister, basically. You know, who sent him sent her off to the orphanage. I was like, okay, I should have killed him, but I didn't. Um, That reminds me of a...
2: uh, Chad was talking about environmental storytelling. I think my favorite moment of environmental storytelling in both games is at the very end of Minerva's Den, you've Dealt with the final confrontation. The twist happens. You realize you're seeing Porter, and you're walking out to get to the surface. Mm. And there's a room where there's pictures of your wife, yeah. and there's a letter from Winston Churchill that says, "I'm so sorry. I heard about your wife." I'm oh, like, that was a really cool. Like,
0: yeah, I didn't see that.
2: That was a
1: really cool. Moment. I didn't see the letter yeah. from Winston Churchill. That oh. it was very it was subtle. One of the there like subtle. you know articles on the wall. Yeah, there where all the pictures, and then the last like the last happened. picture was the picture of the tombstone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally the missed the letter. The thing on the left was a thing from Winston oh,
1: Churchill. dang it. That would, have been, uh, that would have been kind of, well, I have to go back and just like reload my last <laughs> yep. save and go <laughs> look at
0: it. <laughs> I love that last part too because they do, like they prep you for that and that, the emotional impact of that because they take your guns and your hut away. Yep. And it's just yep. like, nope, you're mm-hmm. gonna walk the rest of this game and you're gonna mm-hmm. take in what just happened and who you are. They gone homed it. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then the the, Speaking the of a game you right thought there it was too. gonna be a horror game. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: totally. I was yeah. After the game, after two hours when nothing had, nothing jumped out and scared me. Although granted, the Big Sisters when the whole screen shakes, I was kind of terrified yeah. Yeah. at those times. But I mean I wasn't oh, yeah. a jump scare?
2: I, I think that's a good comparison, though, because I think that this – I think Bioshock, at least the two I've played, have learned a lot from survival horror games in terms of um, giving you resources and inventory and just, like, feeling like you don't have enough ammo. I never felt like I had enough ammo, and it always mm-hmm. felt like um, I had to struggle and conserve. Not to an extent of, like, Resident Evil 2, but definitely more so than most first-person shooters.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So there's kind of like an anxiety that builds in you. Actually, horrible more of an anxiety.
1: Or, but I think it also it made it where you, yeah, you ran out of ammo in your rivet gun, so. Hey, use one of the other weapon wheels that you had. You had a full wheel of weapons, exactly. so just use something else. Yeah. Like it wasn't like you were just kind of down and out, now that you know, switch over to melee and you just had to beat people on top of your head with your rivet gun. No, <laughs> you could switch to the spear oh, that gun that happened or the to me shotgun. a few times. Why well, would did too? That's, <laughs> that's just instinct for me when I'm playing a first-person shooter. Is you run out of ammo, you don't reload or any, you don't switch weapons. You just start bashing. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> so trying to bash a, bash a big daddy, and I'm like, "This is why am I doing this?" <laughs> 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 so that was a death
0: <laughs> oh there was speaking of big daddies there was there were a lot of times when I would cheese the ones with rockets mm. and just telekinesis just grab the rocket throw it back wait I always forgot rocket,
1: about telekinesis uh, always, yeah. always forgot about it now, I did notice though the, sp- so the spider slicers if you telekinesis their little hooks and threw it back at them that mm. was like an instant kill almost really? yes and I, I, I didn't oh, find that out man, until man, those things day. drove me nuts I know it wasn't until Minerva's Den that I found out that you could – because that was the only, only plasmid you had. It was telekinesis at the very beginning, and I you fight a few of them, and I grabbed one, and I just threw it back, and I was like, oh, he died?
2: Cool. This is making <laughs> me realize the game is better than I thought it was. I didn't even <laughs> realize so many of these small things there throughout was, the whole conversation.
0: There was like – I remember playing our discussion during the first Bioshock, and you were like – Man, everything was so hard towards the end, and I felt like everything had so much health. And I was like, did you use the camera to like, get increased damage? are like, no, I never used the camera once. It's like, what? And it sounds like you didn't do it again, though. But <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's okay, because it's, so it's more stupid. Like, it's a, that's camera. a
2: stupid mechanic. It, yes, it was. Oh, this big daddy's <laughs> running towards you. Quick, take a picture. But you had to let it like, load up,
1: too. Like, It had it constantly. And if you did damage, it it helped the progression of the research, which I found out later. Yeah. Uh, but when it's a little splicer that like, I headshot it with my rivet gun from far range, and it's like, oh, you got a C on this one. It didn't give me any well, it, any experience on it. I was like, this is pointless.
0: It changes if you do the same. If you kill it the same way every time, you get less and less points. Yeah. Well, I headshot so you everything. Change up the way you kill it. What, <laughs> yeah, so I'm am just supposed so good. To do? Shoot its arm, like <laughs> <laughs> arm shot, or yeah. melee it, <laughs> or destroy it with a plasmid, or.
1: Okay, I guess that makes a little bit more sense, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly, no.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, that's why I never died, and you guys had all the fucking time.
2: you <sighs> are just too good, Chad.
0: Um, so overall, Bioshock 2 sounds like we, we enjoyed our time with it.
1: I
2: would not recommend it.
0: <laughs>
2: You're no. a lying whore.
1: <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I don't think I... I, I've, I told my coworker, because he's never... He played Infinite, and I told him, I said, you know... D- Get, if if you can find a cheap copy of BioShock 2 which is actually what I did which is, i's actually another point that I want to make I played the 360 version so I did not play the remastered and I oh, loved cool. it because it gave yeah. me that nostalgic like 50s you know film oh, type yeah, it look up. oh yeah. looking at that, I I I watched videos of the remastered of what and I was like I'm so glad that I went and when it was a cheapskate for a day and bought a five dollar <laughs> copy and you know paid the ten dollars for Minerva's Den. And I told him I was like, if you can spend fifteen dollars on a game and just play Minerva's Den, which will take like four hours, I said, I would do it. And he's like, Okay, right, I might do it then. And I was like, there we go. I was like, Don't play the game, just play Minerva's Den, and you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, a spoiler alert.
0: Later this year, we're going to be playing Bioshock Infinite just because we have to finish out the trilogy. Um, but I miss I miss Rapture already. I think,
2: I think you might want to wait on that, actually, Chad. Why? They're going to release a Bioshock game again at some point. Come on.
0: But we I want to play this now. See, the thing is, I want to play Infinite because I never played the Burial at Sea DLC, mm-hmm. which is where you go back to Rapture Ooh, and finish yeah. that story. And I'm like, I want to fucking know what that is now.
2: But so I it was a year between Bioshock and Bioshock 2 for me. That was great. Was, it, it, like only, to, was it a year? It was a year, yeah. Like we played more it, than a year, actually. It was like more like a year and a half almost. Jesus Christ. No, no, more like a year and a quarter. It's like so, November. It was it was November. It was our first
0: barf. Was it? No. Yeah, it
2: was our very first barf.
0: No. Yes,
2: it was. It was that and then Super Metroid or the other way around. Oh it was Super Metroid, then Bioshock. That's what it was.
0: And then Earthbound? Damn it.
2: Yeah, so it's been a while. And I think the timing been a while. The time worked. It's it may help me appreciate cool. Bioshock 2 more. So I don't know if I want to do Bioshock Infinite this year. I mean, if you if you lay it down, we have to play it.
0: Well, I but. mean, we're, okay, so we're playing Kingdom Hearts. Everyone, we're playing Kingdom Hearts for the next two months. This is the first time we've done this. Two months to play Kingdom Hearts. One, because it's longer. <laughs> how it's how a JRPG. It. <laughs> two, because... It might be a slog and we might not want to play it that much. <laughs> yeah.
2: I literally told Chad, I'm like, when we started talking today. I'm like, hey, Chad, I just bought Kingdom Hearts and I think I regret it immediately. <laughs>
0: I haven't even started playing it yet. Uh. So we'll see how that goes. It was my
2: choice this time, though, so I can't complain. Yep. But I'm sure as hell it's going to anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Anything you guys have left to say about Bioshock before we wrap up today?
1: No, I was I enjoyed it. I was, you know enjoyed it. Yeah. Whenever, Minerva, cool. then, excellent. So
2: yeah, definitely. Minerva's Den yeah. is the best Bioshock I've played so far. Yeah, it's great. Easily,
0: yeah. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for joining us for this. Now everyone knows who you are. They've heard your voice, and now I will do my best to do my impression of you while I read your questions. Just kidding. <laughs> I can never get my voice that low. No, you, you signed um, up for that already. There you go. Right, <laughs> is there anything you would like to pimp any uh, uh that's probably a bad word to use in twenty nineteen yeah you know like pimp out your stuff like to show people where you are uh, that's that's a bad word to use in twenty nineteen let's grow up and say would you like to promote any of your social medias or places people can follow what you do
1: yeah, so you know you can find me on twitter uh at silosword which is s i l o s w r d um and i actually because of you guys i and and others um some guests on your podcast as well uh i've been trying to start my own podcast and i've come up with a name i've got all the logistics so you can actually find me yeah. also on twitter at when gaming um and i'm kind of still looking for a co-host i don't really want to do it solo but i'm going to start doing it solo until i can find somebody who wants to join me so you know just message me on either of those accounts and uh, i'll be happy to absolutely. talk absolutely
0: that's awesome. Is it when gaming? W H E N gaming? Yep.
1: So the whole premise is I'll actually be streaming the podcast while I'm playing something with somebody, and we'll be talking. You know, when gaming, when we play oh, games, okay, that's so we idea. talk cool. games. So
0: that's awesome. There you go. I'm gonna follow that right now, and you should too. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you back next Tuesday on our regular show. Have a great Lunar New Year. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right.